Hello and welcome to another episode of Coach and Chaos. I am in grad school and I keep thinking I, I need to give something up so that I have time in my day to pursue these things and my studies and the papers I need to write and journal entries and discussion boards and research and yet I am not to give this up. I'm reflecting on several things and I've been doing that a lot lately because I just go on these little treasure hunts and the things that I come up with and the things that illuminate my mind, I just want to turn around and share them with you and I hope that you are patient with me. But sometimes we are waiting for blessings, we are waiting for answers, we are waiting for direction and I just read in Doctrine and Covenants chapter 5 verse 17. And it says, and you must wait yet a little while, for ye are not yet, and the word here says ordained. But we can we can put any word in there that we feel like Heavenly Father is speaking to us and saying, You're not yet at this moment of, and then fill in that blank. So, for example, I want to be a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I want that so badly, but I can't be that until I have passed off my exams and my internships, my practicums, the clinicals, all of that. I need to do that first, and then I will have that degree handed to me, that licensure handed to me. And just like Heavenly Father, we, we with Him, in our lives, it may not be a matter of getting a a degree of some sorts, but it's a different kind of degree. Before we can receive these blessings, we need to pass off, per se, our own clinicals and practicums and internships before Heavenly Father says, yes, you are ready, here you go. Here is this blessing, it is time. So as it says in verse 17, and you must wait yet a little while, for ye are not yet one with a master's degree to receive this licensure. So what is your yet? What is your blank space that you need to fill in? What are you waiting for that you need to have a calmed heart about? What is your answer? Is it that you are to sell your home? Are you to marry this person? Are you to take this job? Are you to leave this job? and the answers don't yet come. So there must be something that you must do in order to be ready for that blessing. So you might feel like the answer hasn't come, but the answer has come and it comes in the form of, hold on, just be patient. And it must mean that you have more work to do. Just like I have a lot of work to do, I wanna have that degree handed to me, but I first, as it is required by law, in order for me to have this licensure, I have to pass off these exams and this proof that I can do it. And Heavenly Father needs us to pass off His exams. And as frustrating as that is, it just requires patience and hard work. Nothing is handed to us. I love this quote by Elder Uchtdorf, what we love determines what we seek. What we seek determines what we think and do. 
what we think and do determines what we become. So what is it that you are seeking? Because what you are seeking right here, right now in your life, whether it be good or whether it be evil, and you know when it's evil, this isn't right. I shouldn't be on this gambling website. I actually have a friend who her mother lost all of her children's inheritance because she just started these little tiny gaming sites on her phone. And little bit by little bit, she lost her home, her savings, her children's inheritance gone to where she's having to live on her children. So what we seek after determines what we think and do and it begins to become overwhelming and that's how addictions begin. And what we think and do determines what we ultimately become. So I myself seek after righteousness, therefore I am. I seek after evil, therefore I am. It's very kind of plain and simple and it's truth. So it is very important to be very careful for the things that we seek after. I just want to switch gears here a little bit. There's um, a little copy and paste going around on Facebook and I don't know who the original owner is, but I absolutely loved this story. And it kind of goes along with the, wait, hold on a little bit. It's not yet your time. Before the blessings come, before the relief comes, before prayers are answered, sometimes we have to be broken. So here's the story. I was in Dollar Tree last night and there was a lady and two kids behind me in the long line. Seems like I, me too, I always choose the long line and thinking it's gonna be faster, ends up being longest. One day, one was a big kid who, and one was a toddler. These are the two kids that were standing behind this person. The bigger kid had a pack of glow sticks and the toddler was screaming for them. So the mom opened the pack and gave him one, which stopped his tears. He walked around with it smiling, but then the bigger boy took it and the baby started screaming again, just as the mom was about to fuss at the older child for taking it from him. He bent the glow stick and handed it back to the baby. As we walked outside at the same time, the baby noticed that the stick was now glowing and his brother said, I had to break it so you could get the full effect from it. I almost ran because I could hear God saying to me, I had to break you to show you why I created you. You had to go through this so you could fulfill your purpose. That little baby was happy just swinging that unbroken glow stick around in the air because he didn't understand what it was created to do, which was to glow. Therefore, the big brother comes along and he snaps it and the purpose begins to come alive and it's glowing in the dark as they left the store. There are some people who will be content just being, but some of us have been chosen by God to be broken 
We have to get sick, we have to lose a job, we have to go through divorce, we have to suffer with the disease of addiction. We have to bury our spouse, our parents, our best friend, our child. Because in those moments of desperation, God is breaking us. But when the breaking is done, then we will be able to see the reason for which we are created. So when you see us glowing, just know that we have been broken but healed by His grace and mercy. Some of you won't, but you would. Be forced to recognize this after sometimes it's too late and we could be very, very angry and shaking our fist at God. But if we just stood back and allowed the brokenness to heal and to think about the beauty of our life and how that brokenness turned us into stronger, greater, brighter people with greater appreciation for what we have. And I'll talk more about that in just a moment. But I'm thinking about Oliver Cowdery in Joseph Smith, or in the Saints, chapter 1, in pages 58 through 64, when Oliver Cowdery was trying to figure out why it was that he couldn't translate at the time, why he why he was just the scribe. And he'd had wonderful experiences with prayer, such as, for example, when he was trying to decide if it was right that he should go and help Joseph, if he should leave his position in teaching and go and help Joseph inscribe. He, he didn't quite know at the time what it was that he was supposed to do, but he know, knew that he was supposed to go help him. And he, Joseph's parents, who, who he was living with at the time while he was teaching school, said, go pray about this and see if it is right. And he had a confirmation that it was right. And then when he went and helped Joseph and the friendship began and, and trust was came about and he began to be a scribe for Joseph. He began to doubt the work again. And again, he was praying and he asked Joseph for help. And Joseph says to him, as a revelation from God, what greater witness can you have than from God? The Lord asked, if I have told you things which no man knoweth, have you not received a witness? Did I not speak peace to your mind concerning the matter? What greater witness can you have than that from God? If I have told you things which no man knoweth, have you not received a witness? And so Oliver was astonished because only he knew about his secret and private prayers that he had had while he was living with Joseph's parents when he was trying to decide if this was good, if this was right. And when he went and helped Joseph and the darkness and the doubt began to enter in and he asked Joseph for help. These are the words that Joseph gave him and Joseph had no idea. Joseph had no idea about his personal and private prayers before he he came to Joseph. So he was astonished. He immediately told Joseph about his secret prayer and the divine witness he had had received and no one would have known that except for God. And so in Doctrine and Covenants 6, it says, 
Now, as you have asked, behold, I say unto you, keep my commandments and seek to bring forth and establish the cause of Zion. Seek not for riches, but for wisdom. And behold, the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto you. And then shall you be made rich. Behold, he that hath eternal life is rich. Verily I say unto you, even as you desire of me, so it shall be unto you. And if you desire, you shall be the means of doing much good in this generation. So Heavenly Father continued to encourage these two men in bringing forth a marvelous work. And they were instructed to say nothing but repentance unto this generation. And to remember that this opportunity is a gift and it is sacred and it comes from above. And if we are faithful and we keep the commandments, we have every right to inquire and to be revealed the mysteries of these gifts that our Father in Heaven has for us. And in Doctrine and Covenants 6, verse 18, he simply states, Therefore, be diligent. I have other podcasts that I I talk specifically about diligence. That word is used time and time again. There are so many things in our life that require diligence. For me right now, it's the daunting task of two years of grad school and then an additional 4,000 hours before I can receive my licensure. So I have approximately four years ahead of me. And I feel like an old lady right now, just having turned 50. And so I, I feel like it's, it's unattainable. But then when I read, therefore be diligent. I feel like those words are coming to my heart right now to stay the course, stay on task, keep the focus and be diligent. He says, treasure up these words in thy heart. Be faithful and diligent in keeping the commandments of God. And I will encircle thee in the arms of my love. So just like Joseph and especially Oliver, they received witness that these things were right. Sometimes I too get questions about this Urim and Thummim and the seer stones and and how this all came to pass. And it's kind of a difficult thing for me to grasp, but I'm sure that Oliver was confused and wondering too. And so it was important for him to go back and inquire the Lord to have those feelings of confirmation that this is correct. And just like I feel like oftentimes that I just need to eliminate something from my life, my mind goes to podcast, eliminate that. And yet I read, Behold, thou hast a gift, and because thou hast been blessed with this gift, remember it is sacred, and it cometh from above. And as I read that, and that I need to stay diligent, that I need to share my testimony each day from the reflections that I read. What are your gifts? What is it that you need to be diligent with? What is it that you need to have confirmation that what you are doing is right or what you are doing is wrong? What are you working on in your life right now? What are you feeling brokenness in? 
be patient. As we read in 1 Nephi chapter 17, verse 13, and I will be your light in the wilderness, and I will prepare the way before you, if it so be that ye shall keep my commandments. Wherefore, inasmuch as ye shall keep my commandments, ye shall be led toward the promised land, and ye shall know that it is by me that ye are led. Our promised land is our personal seeking for truth, our personal seeking for answers, our personal seeking for much-needed blessings. From the brokenness that we feel, from the lack of confirmation that we feel, from the exhaustion that we feel, just hold on because the light will come. And he says that right here in verse 13. And I will also be your light in the wilderness, in the wilderness. I have a long stretch of road between my house and where I work. It's about 20 miles and most of it is just bleak miles of farming, farmland, fields and fields. And right now with winter, it's just one even color of gray and white and steel blue from the winter, from the snow, from the early blue skies in the morning. It sounds beautiful, but to me it feels bleak oftentimes. And as I drive along that long road, I have so much to think about. And yet so many times I've looked out at that wilderness and I've thought there was a day that people did not have a convenience store or a gas station up on the next corner, or there wasn't a home that they could go and knock on the door and ask for help, or they didn't have cell phones to have someone come and get them if they broke down. They were seriously out in this cold, bleak wilderness with nothing and they built mud huts and lived and dwelled in those until until they could build a home. And building a home wasn't even easy. They had to get the lumber and they had to build everything by their hands and even make their own tools. And you know what? That wasn't even that long ago. We are so blessed and so fortunate and so spoiled to have a warm car that we complain about that when we get into that it's not immediately warmed up. It takes a few minutes for the heater to kick in. But we still will experience brokenness because that is what is required for us in this life. And he says, I will be your light in the wilderness because our wilderness may not be bleak, snowy land, that we have to trudge through until we get to where we're supposed to be. We have a different kind of wilderness and it's wild and crazy and scary in the climate of our world right now. But he promises us that as long as we are faithful and keep the commandments that he will be our light and he has prepared the way and he will take us to our own personal promised land inasmuch as ye shall keep the commandments. Yea, and the Lord said also that after ye have arrived in the promised land, ye shall know at that time that after everything that we have been through, 
we will come to that realization that I, the Lord, am God, and that I, the Lord, did deliver you from destruction, yea, that I did bring you out of the land of Jerusalem. What is it? The, what is the land that he is bringing you out of right now? We may not have the same promised land as those in ancient scripture, but we do have a promised land that we are seeking, and he will bring us out of the land that is set for destruction. He will bring us from that, but we have to first experience the brokenness. And in verse 40 in chapter 17 of Nephi, it says, And he loveth those who will have him to be their God. Isn't that beautiful? And he loveth those who will have him to be their God. So, regardless of what we are experiencing, our personal trials, our rock bottomness, seek seek out our Father. He will be our light. And to be diligent in this endeavor, what greater witness can you have than from God? Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Coach and Chaos. And may you have a most wonderful day as you seek for your promised land. The light will come.